He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Tēnakoto katoa and welcome to Insight. I'm Philippa Tolly. This week, how does Oranga Tamariki strike a balance between keeping children safe and keeping families together? In recent weeks, parent after parent has come forward to criticise Oranga Tamariki for taking their child into care and for the way the state intervened. The majority of the children removed from their families are Māori, and the rate of Māori newborns entering care is climbing. There are now four inquiries underway into the children's ministry's practices and the over-representation of Māori in state care. For Insight, Lee Marama McLaughlin has been speaking to both sides to get a sense of what's happening. And you may find some of the events in this programme distressing and we've changed the names of the mothers to protect their identities. When our parental rights are under attack, stand up for When our children's rights are under Around the country, broken families have been taking to the streets. On a Monday morning in Palmerston North last month, Dozens of people joined the chorus of protests happening at several Oranga Tamariki sites around the country. Mal's there, holding a placard above her head saying she won't give up, standing outside the very building where her one-year-old and three-month-old daughters were taken from her in January. I had just been recently beaten up by my ex-partner. Um, that week I went in, after he'd beaten me, the police came and got me, took me to hospital. Um, then I had a woman's refuge lady that was supporting me, Joe from Palmerston North, lovely. Um, I ended up in a woman's refuge safety house, so no one's allowed to go there. You know, it's um, 24-7 surveillance, so there was no safety issue there. Um, that Friday, oh, well, like, I was compliant with Oranga Tamariki through that whole week going into meetings. That Friday they told me to come into the office at 5 o'clock when they had closed and they threw a bit of paper at me saying that you've got a minute to say goodbye to your kids and they locked me in Oranga Tamariki and I just couldn't breathe. There was no support. They didn't ring my mum or my dad to tell me like to tell them, you know, we're taking your kids' daughters, and um, I was in there by myself, and they locked me in, and I said, open this door up, so I started smashing the door down, you know, to let me out, screaming, because they're my life, um, and now it's been, like, five months that I haven't had my kids, you know, one-year-old in a free, well, they were at that age, three months, yeah, and um, they said that they had taken them for safety reasons. Every week, on average, three Māori babies, like Mel's, are being taken by the state. Last year, 281 babies under three months old were removed from their parents. 62% of them were Māori. In 2017, at least 45 babies were taken the day they were born. Go, go, gadgets! Those figures hit close to home for Wanganui grandma, Anna. Two years ago, she took over care of her three-year-old and six-month-old grandsons after the youngest was hospitalised with a non-accidental injury. Her daughter fell pregnant again and nine months ago 
she gave birth to a baby boy. During their stay in the hospital, what actually occurred there was quite barbaric and inhumane. For two days, the parents were subjected to, yes, you can take the child home, no, you can't, to let's make a phone call, let's see if we can make this happen. No, we can't do that, so let's look at this avenue for two days. So for two days there, my daughter was subjected to a um, security guard being in the hospital and to having these two people in and out like a yo-yo, unable to attend their child and have the privacy that they needed to be able to bond and to actually wind down from the birth and to actually have some enjoyment time with the child. So basically, the false hope that the parents were given, it was disgusting to watch. There are multiple sections of the law that can be used to take a child from its parents, but most are taken through Section 78. They're interim custody orders, which are designed to be used for emergency situations. At least 90% of them are granted by the family court. Oranga Tamariki's Chief of Legal Erin Judge confirms there's been a rise in Section 78 uplifts, which are mostly done without giving notice to the parents first. There's two reasons, really. So one is that we're aware that a child um, is unsafe and the chief executive needs custody of that child for a short term while we work out what to do. And we are worried that um, by the time the court issues the um, paperwork that needs to be served on the other parties and a court date set down, that that's too late, that that child's been in an unsafe situation for too many weeks. Um, The other reason is sometimes... Uh, telling someone that an interim custody order is going to be made it actually puts the child at risk. Uh, so I can think of one matter that I've helped with it during my time here where um, a mum had said that if we wanted to take um, care of her baby that she would kill it in utero. So tomorrow, But even when there is an urgent need to keep a child safe... Those that have worked with the Children's Agency are unhappy about its processes. Raywin Nordstrom recently retired after 30 years convening family group conferences for Oranga Tamariki and its predecessors. These conferences are designed to get the wider Wano and professionals together to talk about the situation, the worries on both sides, and to make a plan for the child's safety. While she supports the need for conferences... She says many Wano are overpowered by the agency and they don't get the information they need. They rely on the fact that most whānau don't know what their rights are, don't even know what their rights are as guardians of their children. And so they use all manner of, in my words, manipulation to convince the people that what they're doing is right if they hand their child over or if they agree to their child being placed somewhere else. And it's just not good enough. Uh, I work with... Well, obviously, having convened thousands of family group conferences, I've seen good and bad, um, mainly bad. Since 2016, the number of Māori babies taken into care within three months of birth has gone up from 147 to 179, while the number of non-Māori babies has hardly moved from 100 to 102. Raywood Nordstrom is appalled. There's no reason for any child to be uplifted at birth. For one, you know this child's going to be born. So you need to be planning for what kind of support that that mother 
needs and what can the whānau do? And if they can't do anything, then who else can do it? Who else can support it? I think it highlights the need for there to be homes for mums to be able to ensure that they've got the care of their baby. I think it's traumatic, not just for the baby that's been uplifted, but also for the mums and also for the dads and the family. Um, in many cases where children have been up, or babies have been uplifted at birth, the whānau have never seen that baby from until months later. And I think that that's, that's what we call you know, intergenerational trauma because it's just unacceptable. No one would agree to any child being removed at birth, in my view. But it happens, and more and more to our Māori babies. What do you think that shows us? Well, I think it's a, a lack of social work staff ability to actually to communicate, to engage with Māori whānau, to be able to have those conversations. They're too afraid. And it's a cause she's willing to fight for. Mrs Nordstrom has taken in Casey, a 36-year-old pregnant woman who's on bail for theft and driving charges. She's due to be sentenced in August, but when she was in Auckland prison in May before she got bail, Oranga Tamariki paid Casey a surprise visit. My daughter's social worker, I've had heaps of problems with him, but um, he came to the jail and was like, we're going to do an uplift of your baby when it's born because of your criminal convictions and you're in prison. And then so I wrote a letter to Ray and I was like, please can I come and stay with you I can, so I can keep my baby? Yeah, and that's how I came here. What was that like for you to process when they said that? Um, I was just sitting there. Like, I was in shock. And then another Māori officer came in because she could see what was happening. Like I had no one, no support person. The prison social worker didn't know what was going on. Like that, They had come driven from Tauranga to come and tell me all this. So she just like kind of intervened. She came into the room and she was like, oh, um, I think you should ring the prison social worker and I think she should have someone else here to support you. And then she was like, do you want to talk to them still? And I was like, nah. And then she took me out. Casey also comes under the Subsequent Child's Act, which came in in 2016. It enables the state to take a newborn baby if the parent already has a child in care. A lawyer for children, Tania Williams-Blythe, says she's never seen Oranga Tamariki basically waive its right to take a subsequent child which is why she thinks the numbers for babies are rising. I think it is a consequence of the subsequent children legislation. Um, It is a consequence of community, or I mean, not the community, the organisations and the systems becoming more risk-averse. So we'll err very strongly on the side of caution. And again, there is just a complete lack of trust between organisations, between the state... Um, the community, they don't trust each other to carry out the work that they believe needs to be carried out. How often do babies get returned to their wano? Is it something that you see happening a lot or is it fairly uncommon? I would say if a newborn baby is uplifted, then the chances of going of returning to their parents are slim to none. And by that I, and I know that sounds harsh, but by the time our system responds, and by that I mean Oranga Tamariki and then the family court respond to that. If Oranga Tamariki don't agree and a hearing is required or that there is no plan to try and, and return that, that child, then by the time it goes to hearing, the focus will not be on the reasons for the uplift. 
they don't tend to be on that. The focus by then, because the baby could be about one or two by then, the focus will be on that, that baby's attachment to their new caregivers, whoever they may be. Ms William Blythe says the family court needs to consider its role in granting permission for so many babies to be taken into care. Judge Jackie Moran is the principal family court judge based in Wellington Central. She says judges rely on the evidence before them, which is primarily an affidavit filed by the applicant, usually a social worker. That applicant is obliged to disclose all relevant information, whether it helps their case or not. Judge Moran says the applications can be difficult and complex to consider, but the single focus is on the safety of the child, and sometimes they have to act fast to save lives. They know there are concerns about Section 78s, but she says they're only interim custody orders and can't be made permanent without giving parties a chance to argue their case. Judge Jackie Moran says new changes to the Oranga Tamariki Act provide a window of opportunity for change and to improve outcomes for children in Wano. The court must meet its obligation to Māori and ensure it provides an environment where Māori are comfortable and willing to engage. Sharon and her husband have formed a close attachment to their niece, who they took into their care a year ago when she was four months old. When her sister gave birth in Wellington Hospital, Sharon had an argument with the baby's father and Oranga Tamariki swiftly arrived and took the newborn. She says they had good enough reasons to remove the baby from the parents, but she's not OK with how they went about it. My sister was in hospital for three days and she she wasn't really coping because um, I think from my understanding Oranga Tamariki kept coming in to check her or just to see how she was going. Um, but on the third day she was there, I got a phone call in late afternoon from my sister screaming um, and telling me that they'd taken the baby off her. I don't know if she was either holding the baby and they took the baby, or they waited for her to leave the room and they took baby. But all I know is that the baby was gone. We rushed out to Wellington Hospital and, yeah, my sister was beside herself, so... Um, so it came as a surprise then? It yes. all happened quite quickly? Yeah, we weren't expecting Oranga Tamariki to take the baby. We knew something was up, but because they didn't say it... Do you think the baby would have been safe there, or should the baby have been taken or not? What's your... I mean, me and my husband were already in that space, and we could have taken her, but because of the way that Oranga Tamariki do things, they took her and took her to another family, outside the family. We had no idea where she was, how she was. We weren't getting nothing, and nor was my sister. It felt like we didn't even have an option in the beginning to be able to take the baby, even though we were right there in their faces, saying, we, I want to take the baby. How long did it take before baby came back to you? How old was she when you got her? Exactly four months. An attempt to take a newborn baby from its Māori mother while she was in Hawke's Bay Hospital in May sparked public backlash after the incident was filmed by the family. Since then, four inquiries have been launched into Oranga Tamariki. The Ombudsman will take a wide-ranging look at the steps the agency takes when removing newborn babies. 
The Children's Commissioner is focusing on what's happening for Māori babies. The agency itself is investigating the Hawke's Bay incident, and a week ago, about 400 Māori leaders launched their own inquiry into Oranga Tamariki. They want more support for Wano dealing with the system and more power and resources for iwi and hapu to develop their own solutions, keeping the agency out altogether. All of this public scrutiny of Oranga Tamariki has its social workers feeling uneasy and some have been threatened. Tauranga Moana is home to Rachel Parata, who's worked as an Oranga Tamariki social worker for 15 years. For me, I feel sorry for all of us as social workers and I don't think people realise how much we really care about the kids we're working with. We want the best for kids. We don't just decide one day to wake up and remove someone's children. There's a lot of work and a lot of emotion that goes into it. We, at times, see some of the most awful things. I've seen kids with um, boot marks on their body with bruises over their legs and you walk away from taking that child to a caregiver's home and you will sit in the car and cry because that poor child has been hurt so badly by their parents but often we'll have the whanau calling us all sorts of names and, and you can't get them to understand what it must have been like for those kids to have experienced that. Have you had to um seek to remove a baby or a newborn from a family before and what was that like? Yes I have Um, I think the thing for me and what I always hold in my heart when I have to remove a child is for me I always think about this child comes back to me in 10 years time or 20 years time and says how come you remove me that I would have the answers for that child that I would be able to say with the knowledge, the resources and all the supports that we tried to put in place, we couldn't keep you safe. Because um, what we also know that it doesn't take much for a baby to die. It is simply the child can be in, in the um, mum's arms when she gets hit and she falls over. Do you have other options? I mean, do we invest enough money in things like residential support centres for um, vulnerable mums or mothers with um, who are hapu or with little babies who come to your attention? Or do we have intensive services that uh, can be very hands-on with the family to, to address some of the concerns that you have before the baby's born? Is there enough investment in that? No, there's not enough. No, there isn't enough placements or homes like that for families or even um, places where um, mums and children can go together. That, that would be the ideal. The Oranga Tamariki Bay of Plenty Regional Manager, Te Alva Petley, shows me around the Tauranga office. And over here we have, this is our unit where we have children come and be interviewed if they've been abused. Um, we have expert social workers that talk to them. Um, and around here we have our detectives. So our detectives uh, work with us with um, children that have been abused, so they're a part of the evidential interview, and that's forens- that becomes forensic evidence for police uh, to uh, prosecute. Oranga Tamariki received so-called reports of concern for 64,000 children in the year to June 2018, just under half of them were for Tamariki Māori. 
New Zealand has one of the highest rates of child abuse and family violence in the developed world. Between 2009 and 2015, 56 children were killed by abuse or neglect, and most of them were under five years old. In the past two months, the deaths of another three children are being investigated. Tayalva Petley says meth, synthetic cannabis, mental health and family violence are creating dangerous environments for children. In the last couple of weeks we've got four, we're fronting four non-accidental injuries. What that means is that where a child has been hurt and in these circumstances their babies uh, has been um, presenting with um, skull fractures, those sorts of things, uh, broken bones, uh, that we have to front on. Uh, you know, that happens quite a bit, and we've got four in the last two weeks. Yep. And, of course, the, there's the Auckland issue where we've lost a baby. Um, 135 tamariki killed. It's a big deal, you know, and, and I think from the, that perspective, a majority of them have been Māori. There have been non-Māori tamariki as well, of course. But from a Māori perspective, then it's etu whānau, etu hapu, etu iwi. You know, we've done the mahi for 30 years. Let's do the mahi, but let's do it together. Why do you think that Māori are overrepresented in state care? And in some cases, when we look at what's happening with the uplift of babies and newborns, mm. the rate for Māori is going up, while the rate for Pākehā is dropping off. I strongly believe, being Māori myself, I strongly believe that we have whānau and tamariki mokopono that are seriously vulnerable in our communities. And we really need to face up to that. And we really need to do something about that. Uh, so methamphetamine, mental health, family harm, all those things. Are, we have vulnerable whānau and mokopuna that are, are, you know, they're in trouble over this, uh, over these things in our community. So they are vulnerable and we need to actually own it and work with it and do something about it. In your opinion, is it ever appropriate to uplift a baby the day it's born? There are many situations why we would do that um, and I think it's been explained through the media numerous times but um, we have lots of information, lots of background information that of course through legislation we're unable to share that and rightfully so, we respect the uh, privacy of a tamariki and we respect the privacy of whānau. Uh, there are many circumstances where we would do that and that is if we believed the immediate safety was uh, uh, something that we would need to address. That's the law. At the start of the month, new laws came into force that require Oranga Tamariki to provide a practical commitment to the Treaty of Waitangi, ensuring its policies and practices reduce disparities for Māori. It must also partner with iwi and Māori organisations and devolve its resources. This year's budget gave the agency an extra $1.1 billion to roll out new care standards and invest in intensive and early intervention for at-risk families. Mrs Petley says the agency is going through a culture change and Māori need to give them a break. We're constantly uh, being criticised as an organisation, yet we are engaging with our Māori iwi community uh, to, to get solutions for our vulnerable tamariki and mokopuna in our communities. We're at the table. They're at the table. So 
criticising doesn't work. And we know as Māori, the way we do things, so if you've got a tucky, you bring it to the table, you discuss it, and together you come out with a solution. So that's the equity of the new relationships going forward is that actually they have a voice at the table. We have a voice at the table and we together decide what the solution should be. That's what we need to be doing. And I do, I've got to say, I worry about... uh, Um, the stones, the throwing of stones because it takes away the focus of the cause what is happening with our tamariki and mokopuna some of them are seriously vulnerable but you know what, 90% of our mokopuna whanau are thriving We're here in uh, Wesley Community Action Uh, we work sort of intensely with about 170 whanau across the Wellington region David Hanna is one of those desperate to see change in the way Oranga Tamariki intervenes. He says his team got worried after noticing more newborns being taken from mothers they worked with. Unfortunately, in a number of situations, we have a relationship with the mother and the whānau, and unfortunately we are not talked to prior to this happening. And I think there's a growing recognition that that's a good thing to do because we can provide a fuller picture about the potential and the risks within a whānau situation. Mr Hanna says his organisation is working with Oranga Tamariki in Porirua on a new service, Mana Wano, to support families to keep their kids safe. The government spends just over $280 million a year on similar programmes. But he says there needs to be more options to keep at-risk mums and their babies together and supported. At the moment, there are only five residential homes around the country which can offer 24 spaces at a time, at a cost of $1.25 million a year. One of the key issues I don't think the system understands is the ongoing impact of uplifting babies or young children from Fano or from Wahine. And the ongoing impact that has on that woman's life and on a young person's life is currently an invisible, not understood dynamic that has multiple ongoing effects and it impacts on the mental health system, the criminal justice system, all those other pressure points in government policy. They're all interconnected. And so... First and foremost, I would say we have to create a whole range of options and alternatives that support whānau, mothers, to actually grow into being wonderful mothers that I think all women have that capability within them. For now, David Hanna and the team at Wesley are celebrating a rare positive outcome – after 12 weeks of intensive, resource-heavy negotiations with Oranga Tamariki and Iwi, they managed to reunite a teenage mother with her baby, who had been taken from the birthing suite. But how often this happier outcome happens is not something the agency monitors. When our parental rights are under attack, stand up for The inquiries are still underway, with the first report due out next month and others to come by the end of the year. However, many wānau and critics aren't waiting around. They'll be taking their outrage and marching to Parliament at the end of the month. 
That programme was written and presented by Lee Marama McLaughlin. Head to the Insight page on the RNZ website or wherever you get podcasts to load up some more great listens. I'm Philippa Tolley. That's all from Insight for now. Lovely to have you with us. And join us again next time.